Great, thanks everyone. Let's just uh, open up here. there. Uh, before we get to that, good morning everyone. Um, a quick note, uh, next week uh, Sunday, uh, some of you might have heard, but uh, Modus uh, is going to be taking over the lead of the Wellington congregation uh, from Mike DeFay. So they are doing a transition next week Sunday. And uh, so uh, we'll, uh, we won't be here, meaning uh, my family will join them and just go and support there. And it's a real exciting uh, moment, I think, uh, you know, just considering all the, the journey of Morris, just uh, Morris and Juliet have been so faithful and uh, we are very excited for them. So we're going to support that and uh, just celebrate with them. Uh, Mike stepping kind of aside, he's got uh, much more... Um, uh, for 12 uh, responsibilities, so forth, and just felt that uh, he's going to go into just management mode, in a sense, that's not going to be helpful for the church with that, and uh, yeah, they are ready uh, to go for that. So we're going to uh, be there, and then um, as um, Sean mentioned, the 13th of uh, November, please book that uh, Saturday out, if you can, it's going to be a great day just to to uh, gather as the whole of Josh Jen. Um, and for those of you who are visiting us, um, uh, we are Josh Jen meeting here in Paul, but we are uh, 42 congregations kind of meeting across. Um, and uh, this is an opportunity we, we can gather together as a whole and most of the congregation together. Uh, one of the congregations that uh, also meet is in Hermanus. And so next Sunday afternoon, evening, they're an evening congregation from 5 to 7. Uh, we're going to go and support them. And uh, the aim is to help them with some kids uh, ministry. Uh, so if you still, uh, if you are open for that, uh, a few of the people that have asked weren't able, please come and speak to me. Uh, then we can go through on Saturday afternoon. Um, and yeah, just make a lack of trip. For that and go bless the congregation. That's really our heart as we uh, work together. It's not just every church on their own trying to work it out. No, we actually support one another and come alongside one another to see each one moving forward in the Lord. Now, uh, this morning I felt uh, a word uh, out of uh, Psalm 35, and you'll see there, God, please fight for me, uh, a prayer from the heart and an answer to the heart. And we're going to look at David's life, but before we get there, it, uh, I was uh, 16, standard ach, grade uh, 10, I think they call it now. My sister is uh, two years younger than I am. So she was just in high school, grade 8, standard 6. She is a very attractive lady, very talented lady, and so she drew a bit of attention. 
me being the older brother, uh, part of my uh, creational purpose is also to protect. And, uh, and so I had to look after my sister in high school from all the hormonal-driven predators. And uh, there was, uh, however, a little hormonal uh, predator, uh, but he was in grade 8. Short, stocky guy. He made me think of uh, uh, one of the mafia's children. He had an olive skin, kind of thick curly hair, but not round curls, just like the wavy curls on the hair. And he would walk like this, and uh, he had uh, what I would call little man syndrome, that his ego was way bigger than his size. And my sister was being harassed by this uh, hormonal-driven mafia son, olive-skinned, uh, stocky guy. And uh, she cried out, help me. The big brother that I am said, sure, I'll help you. And uh, my way of uh, help uh, had a few kind of stages in it. First, intimidation, strength of intimidation. Second, the strength of my arm. Uh, if that wouldn't work, the strength of a crowd, uh, meaning my, my cronies, the other mafia's cronies. And so we would, uh, uh, that was the strategy. Luckily, intimidation was enough since uh, being two years older than him and him being smaller for his age already, um, the intimidation worked, and uh, the, the case was settled uh, briskly, quickly, and uh, funny enough, I did not see him much in school after that uh, conversation, although I heard he was still in school. Um, so, but uh, this, this was the, the, the moment where my sister had a need, she was crying out, and we had to go and help, and we stood in for her, and ach, I mean, it's, it's, it's child's play and all of that, but you can see that, you know, uh, during life we get harassed with uh, different things, and uh, um, we uh, are not confronted so much uh, every now and again, I think uh, earlier the year with... Um, with looting and so forth, maybe some people had some uh, very real physical uh, moments where they were uh, being threatened. But most of us, the threats that we receive is uh, an experience is internally, yeah, and in the heart. Uh, maybe some close family members' intimidation at work, um, harassment of uh, uh, just things that aren't from God. And uh, this psalm that we're going to look at this morning is uh, for us looking after our soul. Um, we're just saying, uh, it is well with my soul. One of the roles of uh, eldership uh, leaders here in the church is to look after your soul. How are you processing life? How are you living life? And where you live from is yourself. I know we, we consist out of spirit, soul, and body. But this morning as I speak of soul, we're speaking of our inner part, our heart. The, the center uh, from which all things go. And, and, and uh, you can go and think, everything that uh, our, our uh, identity, uh, the way we handle money as uh, Sean was speaking to us, the way we, we hand, handle our relationships, the way we handle ourselves, the way that we treat our children as parents, business life. All these things are things that spring up from our soul. If your soul is not well, life is not well. 
you can hide it with a great measure of achievement and work ethic or so, but somewhere the, 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 the unwellness seeps through. Somewhere in a relationship or somewhere in an addiction, somewhere in a, in a way of thinking, it seeps through. And that's why the gospel is such good news, because it doesn't just get us into heaven, it brings heaven into us. And it heals our souls. Jesus, come to me and find rest for your soul. And so God is very interested and puts a high value on your soul and my soul. And so living life and following Jesus to a large extent is how we think, how we work, how, what motivates us. And David's prayer is a wonderful prayer that uh, we need to pray for ourselves. I love as we... Uh, am I on? Yeah. So our battle is not against flesh and blood, as you know. Our battle is against spirits and principalities, as Ephesians says. It's against uh, uh, real spiritual forces. Some of you might have never seen a demon or a demon manifest, but they are real. Uh, we have dealt... Uh, with them, we have had to work with him, and what the devil wants to come and do is he wants to come and destroy the image of God in you and me. You go down on a, a, a Saturday, Friday maybe, walk the streets of Paul, Wellington, other places, and you see a person drunk walking. Sometimes you see ladies with a child, and she's screaming at that child, and she, I mean, you just see the, the, the disorder in that situation. That is the devil misforming, breaking down the image of God on earth through addiction. You look at uh, 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 spouses, you know, fighting against one another and, 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 and uh, marital abuse taking place. That is the devil taking down the image of God on earth. If we go back to Genesis, God's purpose and plan was that we would represent Him on earth. And any form of sin, any form of, of uh, addiction, any form of that breaks down the image of God on earth. And the, we need good news for that. And it's inside and outside of the church. And so this morning as I speak, I want to speak to us and to those behind us, next to us, around us. And hopefully, even that you might have some words to give to a person that is being harassed by a demon-driven, not all maybe hormonal-driven, but demon-driven presence in their life that is breaking down the image of God, that is trying to steal the purpose of God from their life. And we look at David's prayer, Psalm 35. We're going to just take the first four verses. It says of David, Contend, O Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler and rise up for my help. Draw the spear and javelin against my pursuers. Say to my soul, I am your salvation. This is the key verse for this morning. Say to my soul, I am your salvation. Let them be put to shame and dishonor um, those who seek after my life. 
Let them be turned back and disappointed to devise evil against me. Now, uh, Bible scholars aren't exactly sure when David wrote this, but it's clear he is under oppression. It's clear he's being harassed. He's got enemies against him. Some believe it might be during the time that Saul was coming, uh, chasing after him, or a time when Absalom, his son, turned against him. But he had enemies, and throughout the life of David, we see that David always had enemies. But he was called the man after God's heart. David was not the perfect man. But he was a man after God's heart. And what I love about the Psalms is it gives words, they give words to prayers. They give words to the emotions that I experience and that oftentimes are said that oh, you shouldn't feel that way. When I look at David, he felt and said all the things that we shouldn't say. That the traditions of man, we heard of earlier, said we, it's not allowed in the church. Throw them with the javelin, Lord. Kill them. <laughs> Fight for me, God. You go bully the bully. You strike the one that's striking me. And, and David had this way of giving words to his heart and, and coming before God in a real and authentic way that I think oftentimes we're like, whoa. I don't know if we're allowed to say that. And that is something that sickens our souls, is when we can't say what we feel, can't say what we are experiencing. Churches are full of people that are so, they are so misformed because they can never say what they're experiencing. Now, am I saying we should just sin because we feel like sinning? No, that's not what I'm saying. But to have a place to say what you're experiencing and to voice that in a prayer in a sense is healing to the soul. And God wants to hear the cry of your soul. He wants to hear the wrestle of your soul and those around us. Because it will cause you to be truthful. Jesus, Father, let this cup pass by me. He did not want. The, the cry of his soul was, I don't want to go there. But he did not sin. He said, not my will, your will. And so Jesus is the perfect David. It comes and reveals and cries. And the Bible says, he loud cries. When last did you cry out before the Lord? Say to my soul, you're my salvation. That's the gospel. At the, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the core of each one of our hearts, we need a Savior. We were created that way. And your soul, your heart needs to hear, I'm your Savior from God. Not from me, from God. He needs to hear, He can be saved. And the one there, out there, that's far from God, that feels they so far that they can't even come to God. They need to hear the heart, I'm your Savior. And let's see how we can hear that. I said our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against what is our battles? And especially to us whitewashed Christians, to what is, against what is our battle? What, what do you battle? What do I battle? 
Because I want to tell you, I battle a lot. In fact, uh, uh, two weeks ago, we were in a community and uh, with Murnay and them, and we had to share just, you know, what we're praying for. And uh, I don't know if I'm going through a midlife crisis. I am in that life stage. So, but there's a lot of internal battles that I'm going through in crisis. And I told them that I don't know exactly how to, to picture this, but the picture that I have, if I look at my heart at times, it's like this is wrestling with some... You know, either disappointments or comparison or, you know, I, I'm not yet good at that or I'm failing at this parenting and I'm doing this and my, and, and it's like all this, it feels like I've got a little voice deep in my heart and it's saying, I still believe, I don't know if the voice is dying, like drowning, or if the voice is rising up, that it, there's, there's a seed of faith, but it's very, it's, it's doing this, I believe, help me, help me, help me. That's the image that I have. And I, so there's hope in my heart, but it's every day there's, there's different things that I'm confronted with. And just as you think you're there, there's another thing. There's a bill or there's a this or there's a that that you need to pay or that you still need to cover. There's a, a boss that said, you didn't do this. You've got to check that task as well. And we are confronted with those battles. Maybe they are like this. I think we battle selfishness, selfish ambition, self-centeredness, self-righteousness, disabling insecurity. You're so insecure, you like sometimes you like you you feel disabled. Anxious comparison. I'm never gonna have as much as I'm not ever gonna be like good as insatiable jealousy and covetousness. Just never enough. Hardening hatred. Separating indifference. You know what indifference is? I don't care. It separates you from people and causes you to live alone. Raging impatience and irritation. Especially just before church this morning. We battle damaging lack of self-control, soul-stripping slander. And I'm, I'm giving these, these uh, what's it, by naamwoorde with that, because I want you to, to do the kind of, uh, what, ad? Adjectives. There we are. Adjectives with it, because I want you to see if, 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 if they were the cronies, you've got to let them, they've got to be either, you know, I don't know if you're allowed to say, but men in black movie, you know, like the weird aliens, they come, they look weird, they've got, or you're in some battle where these guys are coming up against you, what are their characteristics? Soul stripping slander, stripping the soul of those people, stripping your soul. Small-minded pride, because, uh, Life is just around you, about you. Gluttonous condemnation can never make you feel, uh, never stop making you feel bad. It's just condemning, condemning. They are gluttonous. Lurking loneliness. Always this sense of loneliness that you feel. Skinny greediness. Get so skinny. Numbing unforgiveness. I'm never going to forgive. And you numb your soul. Luring lust. 
reasonable idolatry. It makes sense. I have to. And this is just a few. I mean, there's so many things that we battle. But we battle them. We fight against them. We rage against them. And they are oftentimes in the quiet where you are just with yourself. But these are things that we battle. Everyone battles them. And it's in that, that the prayer of David where he physically battled people. His prayer, he becomes a symbol. He becomes like a prophetic voice for what we experience in the Christian life. That our battle is now no longer against flesh and blood, but our battle is against powers, principalities, mindsets, thoughts, uh, traditions, those kind of things that resemble some of those cronies that I just mentioned. Jesus comes in Colossians 2. This is how he deals with them. It says, and you who were once dead in your trespasses, unable to fight, unable to battle, and in this uncircumcision of your flesh, you, you, you weren't able to overcome. You weren't able. You needed a Savior. You needed somebody to fight for you. God made alive together with Him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to shame by triumphing over them in it. You see the link here? See that how the Christian life is oftentimes spoken of as a battle and how Jesus comes and he triumphs, but he triumphs differently. He wins the battle differently. He overcomes differently than what he overcomes with the javelin of peace. The shield of his faithfulness. He overcomes in an opposite spirit. And he declares victory. Um, having three sons, there's a lot of energy. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, stuff that's happening and there's uh, and not everything is rebellion but sometimes it's experienced as rebellion from my side because there's just so much energy and now i've got some you know there's some adhd in the house and there's things so those things get uh, we get busy and it gets rowdy and it gets like listen and and oftentimes i i was uh, actually as i as i was reading through this portion i was like lord i i wonder how my sons see me at times. There's sometimes a facial expression that's not a very kind one, not a very accepting one, not a very uh, happy one. I told you know, yesterday, I was thinking, of, especially uh, as, as, as we've got to discipline and help them shape their soul, what's the impression that I leave behind them? Do I have enough time and do I have moments where they can see I'm happy, I love them? And I try and say that to them oftentimes. But what's the impression? Because I know each one of us sits with an impression from our past, our parents. And you can say what you want to say, but it does inform your actions. Jesus is able to help you if it's a negative imp impression. He's able to help you and to, to work through you and, and to heal. But we have that. We have certain things that we, we work with and walk with that we cannot overcome just like in an instance. 
Now Jesus comes through his forgiveness. Jesus comes through his gospel and he triumphs. Our soul is crying out, say to my soul, you're my salvation. Jesus comes and he beautifully, as he deals with this, and you just click on the screen there, please. He answers, and he answers in this. He answers in a beautiful way. He comes and he forgives sin that we so struggle and battle against. He comes and he loves. He comes and he grants peace to, to the heart that is anxious. He comes and he, he, he loves the unlovable. He sacrifices himself. In order for triumph. And it's so powerful. Scripture says in Romans 16, it says, The God of peace will crush Satan underneath your feet. Which one is more strong? The, the, the chaotic, uh, selfish, uh, the Satan that comes and he's all gnarly and blah, and then the God of peace crushes. Peace is so violent on the other side. You know, on your side, it's all nice. On the other side, it wrestles the devil into a gridlock. It crushes him. It smothers him. It's like love has got this ability. Some of you have experienced it. The person just keeps on loving you. You've rejected them and you've pushed them away and you're like, and you just keep on loving it. It it uh, what suffocates the rejection out of a person. It's the way that God comes to deal. It's the way that God overcomes, as He is there. In your loneliness, He drowns up with His presence. Your anxious fear, He goes and sits on, with His love. And says, say, uncle. <laughs> and he comes and does that in us and through us. I love God. He says to my soul, I am your salvation. He declares. He becomes the answer. Say to my soul, I am your salvation. Say to my soul. Say to my soul. And this morning, I want to I ask you to, to not allow the busyness of life to let the, uh, there's a battle. And later on, we just get so used to it. It's just battle all around us. And we just go forward in life. We're never going to live as God wants us to live. But your soul needs to overcome. My soul needs to overcome. And for that, I need to take and consider each situation. Sitting with a man in this week, he... Um, He's got an ex-wife, he's got a child that he hasn't seen, he's seen her once, four years ago. Uh, the ex-wife is, you know, fighting him for, uh, you know, money that he doesn't have. And it was just a very chaotic situation in the early years. And, and he's rededicated his life since uh, to the Lord, but now he's got to go to uh, court, he's got a lawyer. And I, I look at him and I can just see this. The battle inside of him. 
longing for his daughter. The guilt of the past. All the different things. It is battling on his soul. And now he quickly needs to go on and be busy with work. And we've got to work. But he's got no time to sit and find God and hear God say, I am your salvation. You know, I was saying just, uh, just before uh, in the meeting, you know, I was reminded of the chaos. And uh, like in the in Genesis, there was chaos. It was Wusenlich. And that which brought order, that which brought creation, was the word of God. I am your salvation. And I believe this morning for some of your hearts, some of your souls, you just again need to hear, I am your salvation. Just click on that screen again, please. It seems like it's... So why does Jesus declare, I am your salvation to he declares it to those silent wars in the mind. It's those battles that are silent. Nobody else knows of. It's those battles that are behind closed doors. It's those battles that are in the heart. Those battles that have come for long years, for years. Those battles that are shameful if you have to speak about them. The way they look in our midst, it's like we, we battle that. Is, we've lost jobs, been liquidated, disillusioned with friendships, shocked by our own weakness to overcome an addiction or a bad habit. Bad news for family members and sickness in terms of their health. Fight evil and we keep on losing it. We're devastated by our inability to put that garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness on. Year on, year out. That's the battles. Depression. That silent inner voice. Well, it's actually quite loud inside, but of perfection and judgment. Those are the battles. God this morning wants to say, I'm your salvation. I'm your salvation. He is the way out. He is the way into God's victory. He is the word. And I think you might be fighting that battle still a few more times. Some of us, and the beauty of this relationship and this church is that we can be in relationship. And some of us have battled for years, and then in year seven or year ten, we get the victory. That doesn't mean that God was weak ten years ago or seven years ago. It just means that this is how long the battle will take. And what we need to know is that God is our salvation. And he said, I will overcome. Jesus came and it made me th think of these, how the, the battles in, the, in, in um, the New Testament came. It was the woman, it was actually a woman and a man caught in adultery. 
And the cultural setup then was she was humiliated and she was brought before. She was battling. And Jesus comes and says, I'm your salvation. Go sin no more. It was the man who was an unrighteous tax collector carrying the guilt of exploiting his own people, but he's been ostracized. We called him Levi or Matthew. And Jesus said, I'm your salvation. Come follow me. It was the lady with a debilitating issue of flowing blood for 12 years. Shameful. Lots of battles, lots of insecurities, identity issues, all of that, disappointments. And Jesus comes, I'm your salvation. Who touched me? It was the close friend who said, I will never leave you, Jesus. We call him Peter. Gripped by fear in the moment, denying Jesus. So disappointed that he said, Stuff this, I'll go sh- I'll, uh, I'm going to go fish. Jesus comes, I'm your salvation. Go strengthen your brothers. It was the close friend, we'll call him Thomas, so disappointed. Because a few months ago he said, let's go die for Jesus. And now Jesus died. And everything didn't work out as he thought he was. So disappointed, he said, I can't trust this thing again. And Jesus comes into his setting and says, Thomas, I'm your salvation. Isn't it beautiful? And so for a moment, and I think there is a bit of a somber, or, a, or a, what's it, a, oh, where's my English words? Ernstige gevoel is so that we've got to look at our hearts, we've got to look at our souls and what is happening there. What is the state of your and my soul? Is there a cry that, beyond the traditions of man and the stuff that we know that we should say and how we should be and what we... And we can be real and say, God, fight for me. God, rise up. Take on the shield and the buckler. Take your javelin. Fight for me. Say to my soul, you are my salvation. That's the cry of my soul. I know I want to pray. Ach, dankie liewe Jesus vir al die goeie goed wat jy vir my doen. Dankie, jy is altyd so goed. I want to go off in that. That's what my mind has been trained. But my soul is crying. Say to it, you're my salvation. (laughs) Dankie, Cassie. (laughs) And it's just like our children. In that moment, where they are fearful, and I have, yes, guys, it was so funny for me. I, we, I, if I can, that, I mean, later when they're older, I won't be able to tell this story. So, I, but my one son, we've got a, we've got a steel like um, ladder of our jungle gym, but they put it on the wall, and then they look over the wall. So, so two sons went up there, and the one said, no, don't go. And he climbed down, but he was now kind of lying there. And then the other one thought, wow, what a good idea. Let me just get this ladder out of the way. And he pushed it. And that, uh, the stall here, it opie, on his kop gefall, and it was pandemonium. Now this one is so hysterical. He <laughs> says, oh, my kop pain, my kop pain. And then he starts running in circles. I'm like, what are you doing? And everyone's like, ah! Oh! And you've got to just, hey, yes, okay. 
E aí, seu Caio? Mamãe, culpa, mamãe, culpa. E aí, seu Caio? And that's what God wants to do at times. As we're running around and we forget that Jesus came to disarm principalities, disarm uh, uh, all these, these things that war against our souls. And He wants to say, Hey, yes, okay, I'm your salvation. And as parents, we get to be that for our children. We get to portray that of God. It's, Hey, you're okay. Stop running around like an afkopuner. <laughs> But our souls are frantically doing that because it's the way of the world. And we try and appease it with addictions, eating, buying, screaming, anger. We do a bunch of things, uh, uh, movies, all of that to try and soothe and settle our souls. And our soul is just crying, say to my soul, I am your salvation. And there's only one that can bring that, Jesus Christ. Come, let's pray. Maybe we can, uh, unless uh, one of you need to respond as well, I do want to pray for us, but just that it is well with my soul. And we're not going to say that as a, as a positive confession. It is in Jesus, it is well with our soul. But I want to ask if we can close our eyes. And if you can just consider for a moment and ask the Lord, ask the Lord to show you where you are battling. And this is not a place of being pathetic or, you know, and I know some at times feel like, I mean, we shouldn't think of the past and we shouldn't, it's, let, let's stretch forward what Christ has laid hold of us for. But you've got to acknowledge the battle. You've got to acknowledge the impact of a situation or of some news or of some thing that you are sitting with, what God is looking at. And so, Father, as we sit here, I want to ask that you would just come and make aware for us. Shine your light in our hearts where we are. Where is our soul battling? Can't find rest. Where can't we overcome? Where have we said like Peter, we will never, and we did it again. Said it again. In our weakness. And Lord, this morning I thank you that you come. You say to our souls, I am your salvation. Thank you, Lord. I want you to present that thing before the Lord. Take it to the Lord. Surrender it might be a parenting moment. It might be a sense of battle with depression. It might be a colleague of a long-standing relationship with a family member that just never works out. Still battling it. 
It's a place where your heart is wrestling. Where you see yourself. Lord, I thank you that this morning Jesus comes. I am your salvation. I am your salvation. And for some of you, you're going to have to sit here a while to let that word penetrate. Because you are maybe almost like my son, was so frantic in the heart. Outside, you're cool, calm, and collective, but you're running and you're running and you can't sit still to receive the help from God. And the first bit of help that He comes is just revealing Himself. It's His presence. So what we're going to do is we're just going to create time. Worship team is just going to continue instrumentally. And if you need to wait on the Lord, in a sense, until you hear. And when I say hear, I'm saying hearing in your heart, that you, you experience God's word in your heart. You do that. You do that. Until. And then you thank God that He is everything you need, all you need in every situation. So, Father, I thank you as we stand here, Lord. Your gospel, your good news is yourself, your salvation. And I do want to say, maybe in particular, if you feel far from God, you feel far from God and you want to come closer I would love to pray for you in that you want to either just give your life to the Lord or rededicate your life I want to I want to pray with you and so I'm going to be here a bit you just come grab my arm and say hey just pray with me I want to stand with you in that battle and see the Lord as your salvation thank you for that Lord pray a blessing upon each soul here may they know you are their salvation in Jesus name Amen Amen so the worship team is going to continue instrumentally guys you're welcome even if you need to pray with someone you want to pray with a friend or so do that trust that you'll have a great day and week and uh, yeah we see you in the week bless you